welcome to Season 4 of Talking Home Renovations with a House Maven. I am Catherine McPhail, your host. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. In past seasons, we've covered all sorts of subjects with the intention of helping homeowners who may never have been involved in a renovation before and they felt like they needed to know what they were doing. We've built up over 100 episodes on everything from roofing to foundations, heard many renovation stories, and learned how to hire various professionals. This season, we'll be focusing even more on the challenges of renovating old houses while incorporating new technologies, using my own new house as a case study. We'll have all sorts of different guests, most having to do with what I'm just calling the next level of renovations. Now that you've got these 100-plus episodes under your belt, I think you're ready. Today's episode is about renovation feasibility studies and estimates. I'm getting some listener questions about how to tell how much your project might cost even before you get going on the whole situation, how to get a realistic budget. And I've noticed that the internet is not a great source for pricing. You've probably also noticed that. The home shows, also not a great source of information. My guest today is Chris Previtt. He is a licensed contractor. His company is Success Techniques. He helps people with introductory feasibility studies to see what's possible, what would make sense for them, and really what the best path might be for them when they're renovating or expanding their home. He outlines the process in this episode, including the questions you should be ready to answer when it comes time. I hope this is helpful, and here's my conversation with Chris. Thanks for coming on today, Chris. Thank you for having me, Catherine. You sent me an outline of how you interact with people when they first call, and I think it would be helpful for everybody to know so that they can prepare for meetings like this. If I call you up and I I want you to come over and take a look at what I can do for my budget, what's the next step? Yeah, so in an an initial evaluation, I mean, one of the first things I ask ask anybody is, you know, why are you considering remodeling your home? Like, you know, what's going on? Is it a matter of space? Is it a matter of flow, configuration? Um, Is it a matter of updating? You know, what are the things that, that prompted you, you know, to consider um, making that type of investment in the first place? You know, what what functionality perhaps are you trying to gain? Okay, so that's the first so that's thing. The first thing, and then and then after that, you know, I always look I always look with a customer to say, well, you know, what may be the most cost effective way to help you um, to help you, you know, reach those goals. So sometimes mm-hmm. that can be. You know, just reconfiguring or remodeling and updating, you know, taking down walls, moving walls, or or will your desires to make this home more comfortable for you and functional for you, is that going to require adding space? And if we are going to add space, you know, where does it make sense that that, that would happen so that, you know, it's going to integrate well to the home? So. Those are kind of the first things I I start with. And then I also ask, and this is a very important question, I think certainly for for contractors and and anybody that's interviewing um, interviewing a a, a new prospect is, um, you know, are you considering moving versus remodeling? Because quite often when I meet with people, that's the exercise. You know, they're, they're tired of the house, but they don't really have a vision of what they may do with it. So they're out in the market looking. And I think it's important for us professionals to know that up front because that's going to kind of shape our approach um, and, right. uh, and go from there. And then the other thing I'll ask folks is how long they've been contemplating uh, this. You know, have they had a lot of time to think about it or have they just been in the house for a short time. Um, and if you do, if you are going to remodel, 
How long do you anticipate staying in your home? The reason for that question is I've had people say to me, well, we're thinking three to five years and then, you know, we, we want to look for something else. And I'll advise them sometimes, you know, from a, an investment standpoint, uh, that's going to be tough. You know, I mean, the cost versus value guide that we all use says you, you look at about a 65% return, give or take, uh, when you do remodeling day one. So when people are looking at doing major remodeling and spending, you know, two, three hundred thousand or more or in that ballpark, um, you know, I'll advise them. If you think you're only going to stay for a few years, I wouldn't do it because yeah. you're not going to gain enough of that back. Um, you need at least a 10, 12 year span or so. So when folks say, yeah, we have we have young kids, we're setting up shop here for the duration. Well, then it, I think it starts to make more sense. And then one of the most important questions, I think, is to to find out what their uh, that somebody's anticipated timeline or completion date is um, mm. so that those expectations are set um, right up front. So these are the kind of things I ask initially. So we make sure that, you know, first we have a good understanding of why they're looking at remodeling, what they may do and what um, expectations somebody has uh, in the process. So I don't know if you found the same thing, but I've found that people are not very realistic about timelines. Mm -hmm. The contractors I know now are um, booking out maybe a year, even now starting a project. Or even more. Yeah. Yeah. Even more. more. Yeah. Or more. So, and of course people want it done for Christmas. <laughs> it's August. It's August now. So I, I, I think that's a really important thing that maybe people adjust their expectations because otherwise it just ends up being very disappointing to them. And that's, you know, that's a cardinal sin to try to squeeze a project in for a defined timeline. You know, you get yourself in real trouble with that. Um, yeah, I think I think it's important. And, you know, most most folks out there that are worth their salt, they have a backlog. So as I'll caution people, I said, well, if somebody says they can start within three or four months, I'd be leery because, you know, why is that in this market? You know, people that are good and have a good reputation, you know, have a pretty pretty solid book of work, you know, at least a year out right now. Yeah. Um, so that's important. And then also, you know, the anticipation of the duration of the project, mm. you know, um, that's true. If I tell somebody it's going to be three months for a kitchen and they're expecting a month, you know, we want to be, we want to be right up front with that. Right, right. And I know I, I brought this up before in previous episodes, but the whole, uh, you know, the TV shows that we have on now about um, like the HGTV and yeah. other home improvement shows make kind of a unrealistic timeline. It looks like it's very quick. Well, that and budgets, too. I mean, you know, budgets, a lot of yeah. that is sponsored. You know, you can do mm -hmm. a whole kitchen for twenty five thousand dollars. I said, well, maybe 20 years ago. <laughs> anyway, So. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, th those shows do not help the cause. That's true. They don't help. No, they don't help people setting their expectations at all. Yep. So so this is all on the phone so far. Is that right? Yes. So that's where I start. I really want to get a good understanding of um, of these, you know, of these issues and, and where the where the client is at uh, before I before I set a um, before I set a date to come out. And then once we've discussed, um, you know, what their their anticipation is or what they're trying to do um, based on models that I've developed for, you know, with recent projects in the last year or so, I try to give them an idea where they're headed. You know, is this a hundred thousand dollar project? Is this $200,000 worth of work? Where are we headed? And I try to do that right away with them um, over the phone. And what fortunately 
you know, now with technology, um, I can be on uh, uh, Redfin or Zillow. I can be looking at the house. And based on my experience, I, I almost have a good idea of how it's laid out and what, what might be possible. So I'll put it right out there and say, you know, I think you're looking at at least X for what you've been telling me. And it could be, you know, could be upwards of Y. And, and I want to see if that's in play. I want, I want at that point to see what the anticipation is. And what's interesting is, you know, some people, uh, some people will ask, uh, you know, initially, well, what's your budget? And I don't really think that's fair to a client because they really quite often have no, no idea, you know, what it takes to do this work. So I like to take the approach of trying to understand better what it is they're trying to do and then make some suggestions so that we can see whether, you know, uh, they have, you know, we're aligned there, whether they have a, a true anticipation of what it might cost. And then from there, uh, quite often, then we decide if we're going to, um, if we're going to have a site visit or not, because, you know, sometimes these conversations come up with, oh my gosh, I, I never, you know, I had no idea it would be that much. Right. And so then we know that it's, it's not, it's, it doesn't make sense to have a visit. Right. Uh, but, but more often than not, we're somewhere in the ballpark. People have done some research. Perhaps they've talked to, you know, multiple people, and then we set a date to meet. Okay. So yeah. let's say it goes to the next step. Then that would be you going to their house. And yes. do you do you charge for that visit? Well, it depends. So um, prior to that, um, prior to that, in the phone call before I book the meeting, I try to get a little more information. So quite often, people will have a mortgage plot plan. And so um, if we're talking about any kind of addition to the house, I'll ask for that. And I'll actually send them a follow-up email that will have um, some detail, you know, look in your mortgage papers, your closing attorney, maybe the town. Uh, but that's very important, I think, if you're looking at any kind of addition to get that. And the other thing I'll ask the client to do um, is to call the building department and get their setback requirements. And it's interesting, it kind of involves, it involves the, the, the folks early on in, in helping do this. And, uh, you know, quite often I'm looking at so many properties, I can't do all that research for everybody. So people are very willing to do it. So if I have a mortgage plot plan and I know what the setback requirements are, um, at least when I go out there, I can see, you know, is this, is this doable or not? Is it going to create uh, require a variance or not? And then I'll ask a few more questions. I like to know if I can't tell from the Redfin uh, photos, I like to know what type of siding is in the house. I, know, I like to know what type of heat they have because uh, those things can radically um, affect the budget. Uh, and also, what's real important, I just had this happen today. I talked to a gentleman that wants to put an in-law suite onto his house, and he's got a septic system. Mm. So the first thing he's going to do is he's going to call the Board of Health and verify how many bedrooms it's rated for. Right. So then we start looking. So I try to get a little more of that information, and I tell folks, you know, it's going to make for a more productive meeting if you can gather a little more information, everybody's willing to do it. Um, right. So at that point, we have a meeting and, um, you know, I'll always ask people how many, you know, how many folks are you talking to and how many meetings have you had? I want to get an idea of their process. And uh, and then we go from there. So when I visit people, um, the first thing I do is um, I review the basics from our first phone call. So I like to set an expectation of what we're going to do in the meeting, and then let's go over what we talked about. So we don't look around uh, at the house yet or anything. We just sit down and we chat. 
and we kind of go over what we talked about. And then um, I think as anybody that's looking at a project, um, you want to review the existing conditions and look at what their desired remodeling is against the existing conditions and see how that might work. Take some photos. And then I have a checklist. I always want to know what the, um, what the existing conditions are in the house. So what type of foundation are we dealing with? Uh, what are we going to need to, for, for framing? What type of roofing do they have? What type of windows, exterior doors? So that as I may start to build a budget back in the office, I know what the existing um, finishes are in mechanical mm -hmm. so that I see how much of it will be usable, how much of it we may have to change and go from there. So usually in the, in the site visit, for me, these can take at least an hour and sometimes more. I can spend a couple hours or so with folks and um, we'll go through everything and then I'll confirm what we talked about on the phone for pricing or I will, um, I will modify that based on what I see or new ideas we might have come up with. And then if we think we're still headed in a good direction, that, that what I'm saying makes sense to them, uh, then we can see if they want to proceed to the next um, to the next step. At that point, I think it's important to see are we on the same page, right? And and I would like to set at that point uh, set a meeting perhaps to sign on. Prior to that, though, I will have a written recommendation prepared, and usually I'll have a video call with the client to review that. Okay, so that's after the site visit. Then you go after back the and site visit. Yeah. And you look at the numbers again. Um, yep. So when you go out, are you do you offer the service for homeowners? So you're kind of like an independent set of eyes looking at like a realistic yes. budget for them. Yes. So it's it's both ways. Uh, and you would oh you would ask me about payment. So here's yeah. here's what I here's how I offer this. If I am representing a contracting firm, which I do, you know, which I do as as part of my work, um, I will offer. Um, I will offer a, a couple of different ways to go about it. Uh, one is that I can certainly come out, take a look, kind of give them a high level ballpark and an idea what might be done. Um, and we leave it at that. The other is um, I'll, I'll charge a fee, usually a minimum of 350 and I'll spend two or three hours with them. I may even pull out my graph paper and try to figure things out and see what can be done. And uh, that I charge. It's what I call a basic feasibility study because I'm really going to dig in. And by the time I go back to the office, think it through, write it up, you know, I've got the better part of a day into it. Mm -hmm. um, and I do many of those every year because people want that kind of attention and detail. Right. It seems like that would be pretty great because you get an upfront or the homeowner would get an upfront idea of how much, if it's going to be a $500,000 alteration that they want for their house to be what they want it to be, then maybe they should move instead. So they could know yes. that before they invest all the time and possibly money into designing. That that happens all the time. It's the should we move or improve consultation. And I do many of those uh, a year. More often than not, um, they end up moving, but sometimes they decide to stay in the home. Mm. But um, yes, it, it gives them a real in-depth look at what's possible with some pricing so that they can then look at the market, go to the bank, and then figure out what they want to do. So, you know, that I do... Um, that I do both for uh, for contractors that ask me to go out and perform that service for them, but I also do that um, independently, you know, for, for people that are referred to me 
that just want someone to come in um, and um, help them evaluate what the possibilities are. Oh, basically, so to, for people to prepare for their first meeting with you or somebody like you, which there aren't really that many people like you who will give you uh, like a thought out, a really thought out budgetary answer. I feel like mm. that's hard, hard for people to get. So yes. um, because it does take some time, but I think in, in the, the fact that you are charging for it is a good thing because if they are at all serious, I think people would be willing to pay for that information. And they'd actually be getting a lot of information for a, a good amount of money. Um, and many, and many, you know, many people do every year, you know, I probably book 25 or 30 of those a year. And um, so quite often, yes, people are very willing to willing to pay for that because they, you know, if, if there are various contractors going out and it's a no fee estimate, you know, they only have so much time to give people. And they can't really get into the kind of depth um, that I get into when it's a paid consultation. Right. And, and so people, uh, people appreciate that. And the other thing is um, I actually provide the service to architects. Mm -hmm. And what will happen is if an architect has a preliminary plan or a concept and they want a second set of eyes to take a look at it and um, it maybe means test the pricing, because I have the benefit of working with, you know, a number of different contractors and I, I have a pretty good idea of what things are running. Mm -hmm. So once I can get my arms around a project and then understand kind of what are the components that are going into it, you know, we, we can help uh, means test. I can help means test with an architect, you know, where we think we're headed with a budget, um, you know, to, to better help their client make those decisions. So that, that's another area where, you know, what I do can be useful. Yeah, that is very useful. And I would guess that somebody who's been thinking, a homeowner who's been thinking about their project for some time and they might have drawn something up already, that would, mm -hmm. you'd, you'd be a good person to go to for that as well. I mean, people ask me what I think things are going to cost and I, I can only um, just guess based on previous projects I've worked on, which might not be the same level of finish or other uh, elements that make a project more expensive. And in my area, a lot of the houses are kind of inaccessible. So people, I don't think, think about that all that much about mm. where are you going to put a dumpster? Like in Cambridge, uh, Somerville, Arlington, those areas that are very dense, that is, is there's not really anywhere to put a dumpster, for example, or can you get a machine in the backyard even? Is there a fence we can take down? You know, stuff like that, that maybe people mm. don't think about that. I don't know, having someone like you come over and really look at it and like, how are we going to do this would be would be helpful. Yeah. And those things add to the cost. And I think one of the, um, you know, one of the big things that adds to the cost a lot of time is the tie ins, you know, mm. the existing conditions in the building and how much are we going to have to take apart to tie in the new and then yeah. put it all back together. And those are and there's no square. There's no square footage model for that. That has to kind of be evaluated project by project. You know, mm. how can a homeowner be prepared for your conversation to think about all these questions you've already mm. told me about? But do you have any other any other tips? Well, I think what's important is on the move and improve situation um, that they really do some due diligence with a realtor mm. to, to see what's out there and to figure out how much how much money is it going to take them to take the value they have in their home? whatever cash they may decide to put into it, and then what a loan may be on top of it, and to really do some financial work ahead of time so that they know what is possible for them. Another line of questioning that I didn't include in this is I will ask folks 
you know, have you thought about that? Have you talked to your financial advisor? Have you talked to the banks? And then, you know, um, I, I have a, a banking friend of mine, but you can get online and see this. One figure that is very helpful for homeowners is what is the cost per hundred thousand for principal and interest with a loan in today's dollars? Mm. It, used to, it used to be $450 per hundred thousand. It's probably up about seven now. I'd have to check. But that's important. So if I, I look at a customer and I say, okay, what it, what you want to do is going to be a couple hundred thousand dollars to build this addition and make your kitchen bigger and so forth. Um, so you're talking about if you were to finance that, it's another fifteen hundred dollars a month, plus what it's going to cost you in um, increased property tax. Mm, that's true and, too. You know, so I try to help people through that exercise and say, you know, equally important is how much do you want? How much load do you want to carry financially? to do this every month. You know, and some folks will say, we just inherited a big chunk of money. We don't have to worry about that. Other people say we're gonna be financing part of it, all of it. But, you know, it, it, as many good ideas as we can come up with as, as you know, as architects yourself and contractors, um, you know, what is, it, what is it really going to mean to their financial situation? And have they looked at that yet? Because I've had it happen where I've gone through the exercise before I got into asking more questions, we go through the whole exercise to realize that it was it was beyond their means. Yeah. You know, so it, it's equally important. And I think there's a way to do that that is um, fair and not confrontational with a client. And that's why I tend to say, I don't just say, what, what's your budget? First, I want to get an idea of what you're thinking of doing. And mm. then I'll, I'll give you an idea of what I think it costs. And then we should explore, is that in play for you? You know, based on your financial situation. Yeah. Have you ever had any kind of um, really strange requests? Um, yeah, I'm going to think about it. Well, I do. Just like things that don't make any sense. Right. You know, or things that are way beyond the budget. Yeah, I want to put a whole new third floor on the house. And I'm like, okay, well, that's $350,000. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I think helping bring, helping bring people down to earth, or I'm sure you've experienced this too. People have been thinking about it for quite a while and they've come up with ideas that just don't make sense. It's like the flow will be horrible. You know, it's just not going to work. So how do you gently kind of steer them in a better direction? Right? Yep. Well, that's always the question. That's part of, that's, that's part of my job, I guess. But uh, for a while yes. there, I was getting these uh, inquiries from people who lived in second floor condos and they wanted to add physically add on to their condo and I'd okay. I'd say stuff like, well, but do you own the the exterior of your place or can you touch the ground? Do you own the ground? Why do you keep asking me that? Like because you need to <laughs> right. you need to touch the ground. I mean it's just not feasible. And what about your neighbor? What are they gonna do with that? It, it, you, you right. Know? Does does your condo associate even allow this kind of thing? Have you you know yeah. so there's no. some yeah, you got to do a little homework before we can talk further. Yes. Yeah, right, exactly. But, you know, some people don't like to hear that what they are thinking isn't going to work and, very well. So, And once in a great while, this does not happen because the line of questioning that I have is, you know, it's, it's non-confrontational. It's all about the client. I really want to understand what you've been thinking and why. Sure. And, and, but sometimes I'll have people once in a great while will say, well, can't you just come over and take a look? You know, why don't you just come over? And and uh, I had one person say to me, 
I think you're interviewing me as much as I'm interviewing you. And I said, well, yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, maybe that goes unsaid. But yeah, I mean, the contractors, when they come to your house, they are interviewing you. I I mean, that's just seems like De- so definitely. obvious. Yeah, I, I think sometimes there's a mindset with folks that, you know, we're selling something. Therefore, you know, we're we're just there to 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 give ideas and then go our, our, our way. And, you know, I, I tell people, I said, it's not a great idea to to decide who you're going to work with based on the ideas. Because as you know, when you first engage in something, the ideas are going to change. And mm-hmm. over time, it's going to develop. So who partic- have the particular best idea that day really isn't a criteria on who you want to work with. There's a lot more to it than that. Well, that's true, too. You know. Do you just deal with people in Massachusetts? Yes. Yeah. So I'm licensed in Mass. I have a construction supervisor's license in Mass. And, you know, that's as far as it carries. And in our business, I find territory wise, um, you know, to go visit people, you don't go more than an hour or so in either direction, because ultimately that's the team is going to have to travel that every day to produce the project. Um, I, I will say that for the consulting work that I do with architects, um, that's done remotely and I could work with anybody in the country Mm. because um, essentially what happens is I get a set of plans, I get some photographs, and then we have a conversation, we have some video calls, and that's all I need to work, you know, to work through the project and to confirm, uh, you know, confirm numbers, to look at budgets and so forth. So that type of work, yes, I'm, I'm wide open to work with anybody from anywhere, really. Yeah, but I would imagine that the um, building costs vary throughout the even the state, our state, as well as the country. Yeah, well, if you go, it's true. Um, it's it's definitely less expensive to work down south than it is up in the northeast. That's for mm. sure. Yeah. Um, however, um, yeah, my my work is basically in the New England area. Well, so how do people get in touch with you? Well, I have a website, and um, for now, my work has just been word of mouth. I I belong to a, a professional association. Uh, Nary, which is now uh, pro uh, pro remodel, uh, pro remodel Boston, and um, so I meet people through that organization, um, and then the contractors have also been more word of mouth in this direct market, you know, in this this metro Boston market. Hmm. But if, if someone listening to this heard it and thought I'd like to talk to the him and get a sure. realistic budget, they could they could get in touch with you through your website, which is absolutely is uh, www.cpsti. That's my name, Chris Previtt, CP, and then STI Success Techniques Incorporated. Hmm. com. Any other last suggestions for people? Um, you know, I'd say just in this market, I see it starting to slow down and that we have to uh, have to be just uh, judicious and and the people that we invest our time with. OK, that's always good advice, actually, Chris. <laughs> sure, always true. True. Yeah. But but when the when the way that when the way the business has gone the last couple of years, uh, it's been, um, you know, it's been it's been fast and furious. But I think that's starting to slow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time. And I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at 
TalkingHomeRenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy. Thank you.